talking a lot about politics and the race for the Conservative Party leadership. And for that, I'm pleased to welcome back to the program Dr. Lori Turnbull, is Associate Professor at Dalhousie, and Alex Boudelier, our Senior National Politics Reporter for Global News. Welcome to you both. Hello. Thanks, Alan. Good to be here. All right, let's talk Pierre Poiliev. I wanted to quickly just set this up. Uh, Pierre Poiliev held a uh, rally this week uh, at a downtown location at the Roundhouse, which uh, contains a uh, rental space that is run by Steam Whistle Brewery. Steam Whistle Brewery makes a <clears throat> delicious pilsner. And the announcement that uh, Poiliev was actually holding this event uh, at this space, that caused a, a hue and cry on social media. People like, I'm never going to break this beer again because you're supporting Poliev. And then when the event actually takes place, Steam Whistle, in what I believe is a complete communications own goal, hands out a, a, a paper to everybody, including our very own Colin DeMello, who was down there, that says uh, Steam Whistle does not support Pierre Poliev or his, uh, his policies in any way, which just made everybody mad. I, I just want to go to you, Laurie, on this. It was an interesting take on this in the Toronto Star this morning. We're at a point now where you can't rent a space to a, a, a political organization without getting in trouble as a brand? Are we at, at that space now? It's amazing. And I mean, Steam Whistle is a very strong brand. Let me just throw that out there. But like, I, I think we're at this point where things are so polarized, right? And like, you can't just sort of assume that, okay, we're all in a gathering space. We're going to talk some politics. Somebody's going to make a pitch to supporters or potential supporters or even just curious people. And it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, indicate any kind of commitment on anybody's part. But I've seen things on Twitter, too. Um, around like people saying like, listen, you know, my, my husband was at that event and I, I take no responsibility for that, but at the same time he's making his own choices kind of thing. Like it's weird how people are assigning so much weight to be, you know, to being present at these things or hosting these things. And I, I don't know, you know, if that's a Pierre Polyev thing because he has such brand recognition. And so, you know, it's not, would it be the same if Patrick Brown held an event there or Scott Aitchison? I doubt it. Yeah, Alex, I think that's my my point as well. I mean, does this signal a, a larger divisiveness of the Polyev campaign? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it might, or it might signify that, you know, um, just the sort of, as Lauren mentioned, the sort of very polarized atmosphere online. Um, you know, Steam Whistle started getting some heat for renting out their space, and you know, decided they had to say something where saying nothing probably would have been, uh, you know, more optimal. Um, I've frequented a few pubs in my time. And, you know, there's there's some people with different opinions who go to pubs. I'm not sure that necessarily we need to uh, we need to be, you know, giving some kind of political sort of purity test as to who can, you know, operate in, in, in spaces like that. Um, but I think it, I think it's a very online thing, and I think that that's probably what prompted Steam Whistle's action. Uh, nevertheless, the Apoliev campaign continues to really suck up all the oxygen in the uh, in the news space, at least for this campaign. And uh, Laurie, I'm just wondering, you know, the other uh, campaigns are saying just because he's got people coming out to events, whether or not it's at a brewery that you support or not, uh, that that doesn't translate into memberships. Uh, what's your sense of it? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily. And I think it's probably too early to tell. Like, to me, 
Pierre Polyev has something going on here that other candidates don't, in the sense that he has this huge name recognition. He has, no, I shouldn't say huge, I don't know if it's huge, but he's got a lot, right? Like, he's got more, I think, probably than most of the other candidates on the ballot. And so he's being able to take advantage of that public attention to what he's doing, right? And he's, and he's even trying to kind of leap over, I think, the conservative campaign in his rhetoric in that he wants to be prime minister. He's running against Justin Trudeau. He's almost ready to ignore the fact that he's got contenders for this. Like, you know, there's a ballot, right? And so, like, that's the game that he's playing because he's able to play it. He's able to pass halls. But the other thing is that he's also, you know, running a simultaneous campaign that's more operational, where people are making the calls, signing up memberships, keeping track of people's contact informa- information, things like that. So I think, you know, I wouldn't discredit what they're doing on the operational side. And Patrick Brown is doing, you know, the, just for example, right, like a, a serious operations game, but he's doing it more quietly because the kind of outward public uh, you know, filling halls is is not going to work the same way for him. He has to take a different approach because he's not as well-known outside of Ontario. Alex, I hate to put you on the spot, but if I could ask you just glance at the calendar, what are we looking at in terms of key dates coming up in that race? We have a couple of uh, points where they actually have to pony up the cash, and then we have the point where they can't sign up any new members after that point. Yeah, that's, that's really the, the most important deadline for every campaign is June 2nd, I believe it is. Um, which is the membership uh, cutoff. So any any members who sign up after that date are not eligible to to vote in this leadership election. Um, and just to echo Lori's point, um, you know, as as hard as it is for us in the media to understand or to appreciate, you know, what's happening sort of in headlines and in our news stories is not the real war. The real war is behind the scenes. It's in sort of small meetings. It's with various interest groups and various, um, you know, sort of discrete communities trying to sign up members who that you can then count on to support you, right? Um, Because it's one thing to sign up, you know, 50,000 new members. Uh, It's another thing if, you know, only 10,000 of those members actually vote for you or show up to vote at all. So, you know, what we're seeing kind of the air war is is the phony war right now. Um, And a, a lot, as Lori said, is being is taking place, you know, behind the scenes and away from the cameras and away from those packed halls that that Polyev has been has been able to draw. Um, that's not to say that Polyev's campaign is not doing the same thing and, and not being successful in it. We really don't have any good visibility into who's more successful with that. It's just to say that um, I know that from the conservatives that I speak to, nobody is care. No, nobody cares about the headlines. Nobody cares about you know the perceived momentum. It's all about that membership sale uh, point. I'm speaking with uh, Lori Trimble and Alex Boudelier about uh, what's going on in politics. politics. I only have a little bit of time left. Uh, Just quickly, I want to pivot to the latest polling information that shows a tightening race between uh, the Conservatives in Ontario and uh, the Liberals uh, right on their heels. What's your sense here? Is this just a tightening of a race that we often see before the writ is dropped, Lori? Like, I've always wondered, you know, what's going to happen with with the Liberals under Stephen Del Duca? Because it's been such a strange time where a lot of the leaders, like a lot of the premiers, including Doug Ford, has seen his popularity bump at some times during a pandemic and then then plummet sometimes during a pandemic. And and that's kind of what we expect in, in a weird emergency situation like that. And I don't think people have taken, people haven't had the same opportunity to get to know Del Duca 
But I've wondered, you know, when the, when people start to shift their attention to the campaign in earnest, is that going to mean that his numbers start to go up? And so I'm not super surprised to see this. I mean, I think the electoral system is going to kind of do its magic, too. Right. So we'll see whether it's actually close in the vote as, as you know, as opposed to close in, well, I guess I should say like clo- close in the seats as opposed to close in the vote and how that's all going to shake down. But it does look like this is going to be a, a you know, real campaign, seriously competitive. And we've seen, too, like some kind of overlapping messages from the NDP and the Liberals. And so I'm, my big curiosity is what's going to happen if Doug Ford gets a minority and nobody wants to prop him up? Are the two parties going to work together and defeat him? Yeah, I don't think that, as I often said, I don't think there is such a thing as a Doug Ford minority unless he's so That's close, right, yeah. like he's within like two yeah. or three seats. Otherwise, that doesn't That's happen. Right. Lori, uh, appreciate talking to you. Alex, please be well. Be well. Thank Take you. Care. That's Dr. Lori Turnbull, is associate professor of political science uh, at Dalhousie, and Alex Boudelier, our man in Ottawa, our senior national politics reporter for Global News.